0: This is the Making a Musical podcast. I'm your host, Jacqueline. For at the podcast, follows the development and execution of our critically acclaimed musical, Good Morning New York, opening off-Broadway at the Players Theater, January 11th, 2020. Previews start two days before on the 9th. We also have an album launch concert tomorrow, Friday, at Feinstein's 54 below. Tickets are still on sale now. You can get those for 15 bucks at Today Ticks. You can also go to our website, Good Morning New York Musical.com. Now, today I have a special guest because we are going to be talking about how we made our album, and it's going to come out in a few weeks. But we're going to give you a little preview and potentially even a single coming. But first, let's talk about the creation with our guest producer and drummer for Good Morning New York, Max Arzar Mayer. Max, thanks for coming on the podcast today.
1: Yeah, of course. Happy to be here.
0: Yeah, so we've been friends for quite a long time. I think, if, if my math is right, it's been about two years, or maybe two and a half. Yep. Two and a half, uh, right?
1: Yeah, something around something that that.
0: What brought you to New York?
1: Uh, the, the music scene. Um, I, I grew up in Austin, Texas, um, and after I graduated school, uh, I moved up to New York to uh, pursue music. Cool. Um, I I've been in the city now almost three years. Um, and I remember, I think I met, I met you, Jackie, probably like close to two years ago. Um, I, I was doing a really, really terrible gig, uh, that I found off Craigslist. Um, but it turned out to be a, a good gig because we ended up meeting that night, um, by chance. And you said you needed someone to put together a band for the musical.
0: That was a bad gig. It was it was like in a basement in Brooklyn. Can I, can I tell people what, what it was? The details? Yeah. It was funny. Yeah, it was just, but... so it was someone playing a track like a year. Why would, what would you say? Like a techno track while you played the drums to it and he sang. Yeah.
1: But I then the track stopped.
0: kept going out.
1: Yeah. His computer kept freezing and the track kept stopping.
0: <laughs> uh, and I remember thinking like, huh, I really got to stop going to people's concerts because I don't know what to expect. That's when we met. And then ever since then, um, I've been producing a musical. So you met me and I believe I was producing, I think I was writing Good Morning New York. I don't know if I was producing it yet. I think I was writing it. And that is when we went to the theater festival and we needed a band. And you're, you've kind of been my go-to guy when it comes to anything music because you've introduced me to pretty much every single person musically in the production, right?
1: Uh, at least as far as like, the, the band is concerned. Um, I think the singers and stuff, that was all...
0: Yeah, the singers was- is all me. Yeah, no, I'm just joking. But, because the band, first off, you you introduced me to your first picks, Jackson Bell and then Clint Greenlee. And they said yes. Yeah. Uh,
1: now we got Diane. Yes. Uh, Diane Long on the keys for the performance as well. Mm-hmm.
0: Exactly. Because Diane, um, Diane came on for the, she's coming on for our Off-Broadway album. And that sounds really good, too. So, all of these people, you know, even the vocal director, Reese, was that through you mm-hmm. as well? Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's, that's, her and Diana actually roommates. But, yeah, I, um, she's a she's a vocalist, and she's studying uh, musical theater.
0: Right. It's, it's cool. so, so pretty much Good Morning New York is made up by everyone that you know, the band, the music. <laughs> that's why uh, he's yeah. the producer, because he knows everybody. Uh, no, it's true. It's true. So now let's talk about... We were going to do an album in the spring. I remember I talked about it on the podcast, but I was rushing way, way, way too much. And uh, you were great and told me to slow down, and we did. So we took some time, finished the music, brought on Jackson Bell to do the off-Broadway stuff. And then when it was time to do the album, you really led the, the way with that. Because I, everyone knows who listens to this, I have a background in news and, and writing. I don't know much about recording or rehearsal spaces, or getting all that together. So, kind of explain to people listening the steps that it took just to produce an album. Where do you even start?
1: Yeah, um, I mean, I mean the first thing, most important, I guess, would have been the music, and I think that was I was the first challenge uh, was just to make sure we had everything um, complete and in a in a format that was going to make the process run smoothly. So that that I mean, that's a lot of that comes from Jackson. Oh, yeah and then workshopping things and uh, making sure that the, the charts are um, easy for the recording process. Uh,
0: I, have to, I want to say something about those charts, too, because I learned something when I was uh, just from the printing aspect of it blew my mind because um, Jackson says that you want to have that first page on the left-hand side and the second page on the right-hand side because that way you don't have yeah. to turn the page. So I learned about printing stuff yeah. so you don't turn the page, and then I know that he even uh, condensed stuff so they would fit on one page. I mean, you can explain it more than I could, but it's a pretty big deal.
1: Yeah, yeah I mean, the idea there is to keep the page turning to a minimum so that you can focus on, on just reading and performing.
0: Right, and we did not have that for our 2018 version. So when Jacksonville came on and helped with the sheet music, <laughs> and then you guys came on, it was, uh, it was pretty refreshing because you guys all had your individual sheet music for your individual yeah. parts because you play the drums as well.
1: Yeah, and that, that made it like just worlds and worlds easier.
0: Um, and i'm happy because you told me to slow down when i was like let's do the album in spring you're like slow down we don't even have the music
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, with things like that it's i think it's critical to kind of to take your time and, and really um make sure you have all your, your ducks lined up in a row yeah um,
0: because,
1: like if you're if you're gonna pay for recording time or even just like try to schedule uh, a time. a when six people are going to be available in the same place at the same time for you know, four hours, and we want to so really make sure that those four hours are productive, um, and, if, and if you're already having, you know, if, if any link in the chain is, is weak, you're going to feel it during those four hours.
0: Right. Absolutely.
1: Um, and you're going to hear it after, you'll hear it afterwards. But um, I think we we were all pretty prepared because we had you know the music was was well put together. Um, the charts were great. Yeah,
0: That's he did a great um, job.
1: Um, and you know we had a, we had a chance to rehearse a few times um, as a band before going into stu- going into the, the recording process, which I think was was really good because that means there was no nobody was like having to learn music day or like, the studio. We had
0: two, we had three rehearsals, right? And it was kind of hard to get. Um, I guess the process of a bunch of working musicians together in one place scheduling is. Uh,
1: yeah. What's my it's question? Like,
0: yeah, <laughs> it, yeah, it's uh, it's it's different because usually people who have like normal like day jobs nine to five, you just schedule a meeting and you meet there at three thirty for coffee. Yeah. But musicians, they they teach, they have gigs at night. It's uh, really one big puzzle.
1: Yeah, no, it, it, there's a lot of moving pieces. So, and, and you know, that that's that's why, like, at the end of the day, if you're gonna be able to get everyone in the room, you know, for a few hours to do a recording session, you really want to make sure that. Um, Everyone already knows their part. Um, everything, all the other, you know, static variables are, are taken care of so that when you're in the recording uh, studio, you can really just focus on, on the performance.
0: And I think uh, something that really helped is that for the most part, um, you guys play together all the time in separate separate bands.
1: Yeah. No, I think that, 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 that's definitely a part of it. Um, and even, like, playing in that room a lot together. I think made a huge difference. But like the fact that, that Jackson and Clint and I uh, perform together a lot. I you know, me, Clint and Diane perform together a lot. Jackson and Clint perform together a lot on their own. Um, you know, you build up sort of a an intuition, like a sort of like a with, with I mean this this goes for like working with anybody, you know, whether you're working as a musician or you're working, you know, in an office or, or doing whatever, but like the more you work with somebody or a group of people, the more you the, the better your communication is, the, the higher degree of trust you have between individuals is. Um, and, and it makes performing and, you know, doing something kind of complicated like, like recording a lot easier because um, there's already sort of that platform of, of, of trust and, and understanding that you can kind of jump off.
0: Yeah, I noticed that. Um, I really noticed that in the recording because before we talk about like how we got to the recording, I just do want to say when it comes to like the band dynamic, I noticed sitting there because you guys all play together, you guys all work together, you all flow. So I mean, um, it's it was cool to sit and watch everyone just come in and nail it and all be on sync and on the same page because I don't know if I've ever seen that before as much in any type kind of type of team. In, in the industry. It's rare to see, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, no, it's, it's cool. I mean, at, at really, really high levels, you know, the idea is that no matter who you're playing with or who's in the studio, you should be able to walk in, um, know your part and just kind of nail it kind of regardless of what else is going on. But that, you know, while that's one goal or, or one set of standards like you can't ignore the fact that if a group of people have been playing together in this, in you know playing this music or playing other music together, um, you're, you're going to develop a dynamic. Um, and I think that that dynamic can be... I mean, that's what makes, like, some bands certain bands. Like, I think if you, like, if you take The Beatles or, or Led Zeppelin, if you were to replace any member of those bands with another person, it would be a different group. Um, oh, yeah. So, like, you know, like, uh, like, Led Zeppelin, after their drummer died, they stopped being Led Zeppelin because, they, like, they all went off and did their own thing. Um, and they were all, you know, still incredibly successful, but that's just like that's just the you know a popular example of like certain certain groups will develop a dynamic together, um, and if you change one person or one link in the chain, it's going to change the whole uh, dynamic. And that could be you know that could be a good thing, that can be a bad thing. Um, it kind of depends, but right. I mean, it definitely played into the situation here because like like I said, all all of us play in at least two or three bands together or, or projects together outside of. Uh, the musical. So by the time we came um, to rehearse the, the music for the recording, it's like we all kind of, we already knew each other. We already knew each other, like how each other played, um, you know, what people's natural tendencies were. We all, you know, your people, so, you know, so-and-so you rushes here, but drags here. And, and like, so that means that I have to kind of balance that out in, in my own way. Um, or so and so I know they're going to play this way when we get to this part. Um, those kinds of like unspoken Understandings really make make a world of difference.
0: Um, and from a producing standpoint, it was really really relaxing for me because we uh, Jackson came in, did a wonderful job with the sheet music and the arrangements. So I knew that that was that was good. And then his music direction was great, and then the band was on point. So I could just kind of come in, and everyone was good to go, and it was great. It was just me. I felt so useless. I was just sitting there watching everyone <laughs> rocking. And I'm like, this is really fun. I don't have to do anything.
1: Yeah, well, it's nice. I mean, you, you, develop, you develop those relationships uh, you know, over a period of time working with, with people, and, and you become friends. Uh, you, know, you hang out together. Um, and so by the time it comes to, like, perform or record new music, like, it is just that. You're just learning some new music with your friends. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that, personally, that made a big difference for me, and I'm sure it made a difference for other people. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure you can, you can hear that.
0: Which song, okay, because you really shine in Tour, which is one of Jackson's favorite songs, because he also rewrote that whole thing, too. Yeah. Um, now, do you want to tell us a little bit about the song Tour? Because it is really your moment.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, it's, it's a fun song. Uh, it was, for me, it was kind of a challenge, actually, because I don't, it's, uh, it's sort of like an up-tempo jazz swing feel.
0: And there are moments um, think, where it's just the singer and you on drums.
1: Yeah, yeah, and ja- and Jackson uh, and I, I agree with him on this. Jackson thought it'd be really cool to have like brushes. Um, kind of think, thinking like along the lines of like Birdman mixed with like a newsroom sort of feel. Uh, I think the brushes they sound really cool. It sounds kind of like the paper getting shuffled around, and it's kind of a fast upbeat uh, thing. But I don't ever play with <laughs> I don't ever play with brushes, and that's like a whole different. That's a whole different way of, uh, of approaching the drums. Um, that, like, I've done it like a little bit, but not a lot. And so, for me, I had to kind of, I had to learn really fast, basically, how to do that as authentically as possible.
0: Yeah, because uh, this is the second track on the album, and uh, it's a, it's, it's great.
1: Yeah, no, I was on, That was when I was worried. I was think I was worried the most about that one. Um, and then I think Jackson. Jackson after the fact, you know, he he had the first listen at all the the raw mixes and stuff. I think he was, he said he was really surprised how it came out in in a good way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Have you heard it yet?
1: I've heard a mix of it and it sounded, it sounded pretty good. Yeah. Uh, it It sounds really cool in that, in that space.
0: We recorded in a church in Brooklyn and it is an old church.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's, it's an old Dutch reform, reformist church, uh, I think it was they finished building it in 1852. Um, now I, I found it via Craigslist. Um, I was it was actually right after I not 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 long after I would moved to the city. Um, I came across uh, a classified ad for the church looking for a, a drummer for Sundays, um, and I answered it. I went down and got the gig, and then I've just been playing for them since then. Um, and it's, it's a really old, it's an old building and it looks, it looks old, but it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's got like an old sort of like pre-classical revival style architecture. Um, you can see it if you're coming in on like the J train or like the M train, you can see it from the train, like above ground, um, as you're coming in from Manhattan.
0: From right. Like
1: a big white, uh, spire.
0: And when it but, was time to, oh, what were you saying? Sorry.
1: Oh, I was just going to say, I, it's just one of those things where I remember like the, the first few times I remember playing in, in the building, they've got, you know, they've got these massive rooms, um, that were built, wh- what seemed like they were built for live sound, um, because the, the acoustics in there are incredible. Um, and so pl- getting to play in there is, is always a treat for me just because it always sounds really good. Um, and, you know, and I think- Oh, sorry. We're going to say something. Oh, no, keep going. Um, it, it, it can be kind of tricky with some of those large rooms. Um, it, cause like the, the echo and the reverb can sometimes get a little out of hand and can make it, um, uh, make, make sound unclear or make it sound muddy. Uh, but those rooms, I remember, I just remember like the first impression I had was like, these are amazing sounding rooms. It would be awesome to record something in there. just because it's sound, like the sound is so, it's so clean. Um, and and really pretty.
0: I want to take a moment to talk about Baked Cravings. It's quickly becoming a premier bakery in New York City and across the nation. It's a nut-free, peanut-free, and tree-nut-free bakery specializing in cupcakes, cookies, cakes, brownies, and donuts. Drop by the bakery on Lexington and 105th to get some treats or get a ticket to our 54 Below show and get your custom cookie with our Good Morning New York logo, For free, if you come to the show, we also have gift baskets with Harney & Sons Fine Teas. The company started in a basement way back in 1983 and has since become one of the premier go-to tea companies across the nation. Film sets, television sets, TV news studios often carry their tea on hand to give to actors and talent. You can see for yourself. Go to Harney.com and shop over 300 tea blends Or just come to our 54 Below show and get your free ten of the New York Blend. Tickets are at GoodMorningNewYorkMusical.com. Thank you, Baked Cravings, and Harney & Sons for being our sponsor. Explain kind of the process of how you started moving forward with wanting to pick the church to record in. Like, how do you even, if you like the acoustics, how do you move forward with that? It is a church, you know.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it is. It's not a recording. Right. So that was... You know, my thinking was like, okay, well maybe I, maybe if I can find, maybe if I can try and find like some precedent or or find examples uh, of people who've done this before, and use that as sort of a, a starting place. Um, I know there was like there used to be. I read that there used to be some church like on um, like in the thirties somewhere, uh, like like in the, the in Manhattan, like in the thirties somewhere. So mm-hmm. uh, uh, used to be, like an old abandoned church that they converted, like. Miles Davis and a bunch of other jazz musicians used to use it's like a recording studio. There's like a Cowboy Junkies album where they recorded the whole thing in a giant church with like just one microphone, and they get some really cool sounds. Um, so I remember trying to like go through uh, different albums, different records, to try and find uh, examples where people have done this before, because the you know the traditional commercial recording studios typically have you know near perfect or like 100 isolation. So you have, like, a, a room for the guitar, a room for the drums, a room for the piano, a room for every instrument. Or you basically record them all separately in different rooms so that each track is uh, clean just by itself. And you can isolate it, you can re-record it, you can edit that one track and not affect the whole recording. Uh, because it's, it's its it's own sort of independent thing. And that makes it really easy for for, like, for, for most commercial recording. Um, if you want to add on reverb or, like, you know a room sound for, you, for the production, do that it gives you a lot more control and a lot of flexibility um and so we had i know you had been looking at a couple different commercial studios um in manhattan um, that would that would have been like this you know if, if you're if you want to record something it's usually gonna cost money because you gotta either you know hire a band or maybe you don't have to hire a band you gotta hire an engineer you gotta pay for the equipment or rent out the equipment you gotta block off the time. Gotta learn all of them. Like it's it, there's a lot of work and, and resources that go into it um, so by the time you get to get to the place where you're actually recording you really like the the natural instinct is to really just cut down on as many variables as possible and if that means paying for like a commercial studio where you have all the isolation you have all the control uh, and flexibility then that's what most of the time ends up happening um, and there's nothing there's 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 not like one better way to do it there's no right or wrong way to do it i think in fact if you tried to record a lot of if you tried to record other stuff the way we were the way we did it it wouldn't come out good um, so i think that's 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 an important thing to take away too is that there's not and i'm not i guess my, my point is there's not really any one right way to to record an album the space we actually recorded in itself is um you know the room sound is is, is unique and it is really nice but it's also it can be hard to work with if you haven't worked with it before um you know the, the rooms they're they're incredibly live you can like scratch your head and like hear it across the room it's that like sensitive
0: and i know when you're we recording sometimes there would be because um, you know it's still a church with people there's people outside so what was it like a siren yeah. or there'd be like people talking yeah. and we'd just have to stop
1: yeah I, and I think luckily it's like the stuff that you would get, yeah, you would get bleed. You get sound bleeding uh, from the outside. So like if there's someone on the, on the street corner yelling at somebody yes. else or if there's like a siren. You could hear that inside and you wouldn't, necessarily, you wouldn't hear that in a regular recording studio.
0: And I remember that I was like, <laughs> it was funny because I wanted to do these little videos of everyone, but then I, I noticed if I step and it's going to make a squeaky sound and yeah. come up on the album. So I yeah. uh, didn't do a lot of that. I just kind of stood in one place for the whole song
1: yeah so um, like I said, it's, it's, it's one of those things like that room you have to know like oh yeah walking around in this room the, the wooden floor is going to creak. but the wooden floor is also part part of what gives the sound quality um,
0: exactly
1: it's, it's color so like you have to just kind of it's one of those things where like you have to decide from the beginning like this is not going to be um you know this isn't going to be done the way it's regularly done and like that's okay so i think you have to accept that like, okay, we're just dealing with a lot of reverb. We're dealing with, there's going to be bleed from the other instruments into each, each instrument's mics. Um, and that's okay. But what that also forces you to do, uh, is it, because you're not isolating, um, because you're not isolating the tracks, uh, because like the piano is bleeding into the drum mics and the drums are definitely bleeding into the piano mics. Um, you, you have to kind of, Nail it all in in one take, at least as a band. Uh, You you can go through and say, okay, that take was good up until the second half. Let's rewind it back and try it again in the second half as a group. You can do that, but you can't say, okay, drums, bass, and guitar, were good on that. The piano wasn't. Let's try and record the piano only. Because you're already going to have some of the piano coming through in the other mixes. It forces you to really kind of stay on your toes because you don't have the luxury of being able to re-record just your part.
0: So are you going to record, because you're in um, some other bands as well, so are you going to record some of your own stuff moving forward there again? Because it sounds good.
1: We, we have in the past. Um, the first time we recorded there, we did a tune-up you in know, one of our original tunes. Um, but that, that time, we were, we were really just there to, to kind of get, um, get a feel for the space and see if it was even worth the time and effort. Uh, and it was, you know, the sound, the, the recordings we got back sounded good and stuff, um, but it was more, that was more just like a test. I, I would love to record there more as much as I would like to. It's it's not the kind of place we can kind of just like walk in and like just record anytime. any time. Um, I had to kind of, uh, on my end, I had to kind of pull some strings to make sure that the space was be available, um, you know, that there was going to be someone there to let us in, um, that there wasn't going to be something else going on that day at the church
0: right you pulled a I lot of was- strings and i'm very grateful i am i am very aware of all the strings you've pulled <laughs>
1: there were a few points when i thought like it might it might not happen um but it it all ended up working out
0: oh what did you tell me about those or were you just like i'm gonna let it ride
1: <laughs> uh <laughs> probably probably just that
0: <laughs> oh that's funny yeah that's good that's good you didn't tell me i had been like oh no
1: yeah no I, It's. i think it was one of those things where like I, I basically, there's, the, the way uh, it's set up there, there's M- Monica Judkins is the music director. So she's the one who I, um, that I work with the most, like, just as, like, the drummer, uh, you know, as one of the musicians in the church band, because um, she handles virtually all the music, you know, everything music-related. Um, however, like, I did need to get permission from her brother-in-law, the pastor, Pastor James Stewart, um, just to, because it, you know, it's. Um, it would be taking up you know, half a day, twice, um, at the building. So I, I'd want to make sure that we're not stepping on their toes or, or making it seem like we're doing it behind their back. Um, so I think having like communicate... like It's easy for me to communicate with Monica, I think, because, like we work together so much. And I think she, because she's coming from a musical background, she already gets... She kind of gets it a little bit quicker. You know, right. like, Why this space? Why this way? Why these people? Um, but like having to communicate that to someone else who's a little bit who's a few steps removed from that process um, was not impossible, but it, it just meant I had to kind of be a little bit more patient um, with how how I approached it because it wasn't like, oh okay, yeah, sure, just go go ahead and do whatever you want. It was like, no, I had to really kind of lay out like, hey, this is this is what's going on. Um, here are the people involved, which is why it's important to you and why it's important to the church. You know, here's what's here's how the church is going to benefit. Here's how the, the music is going to benefit. Here's how the people who, who work at the church are going to benefit from this. Um, and you know, after after kind of laying it out that way, and um, kind of going back and forth a little bit, it it ended up working out just fine. Um, but I think like when when anybody like if you, if you were just to go, if, if someone used to go up to like the pastor of a church who wasn't. Maybe you know them, maybe you don't know them. They're like, hey, I want to record an album in your church. That, unless you're, like, offering up a you an know, ungodly amount of money. I don't know if every church or every pastor is going like, to yeah, sure, go ahead. You know, like,
0: I was church. one time talking to, because uh, once in a while, like, when I'm bored, I'll do some extra work for TV shows. And I was talking to one of their location scouts or whatever. And he says that churches, I don't know about this one that we recorded, but he was like, yeah, the best ones that we go to for holding for, like, for the – um, extras to just wait before they go on and film. They're like, churches are the cheapest. That's what they said. But only yep. for film crews to hold people. Recording, that's a different thing because they would—they probably want to know what you're recording in their church.
1: Yeah. Well, I would imagine the same thing goes for teachers, like recording a TV show. I know that this church, the South Bushwick Reform Church specifically, has actually had a number of like movies and TV shows um, actually like, record film uh, scenes. Uh, on location, there.
0: That's fact, cool. Funny.
1: Yeah, no, I know there was even a few times where, like they were recording some, like, uh, maybe, like, iffy scenes, and, like, they just, like, they didn't want to tell too many people in the church about it because they just wanted to, like, you know, come back. Um, I don't know if it was ever got aired or what TV show it was on or what they were even filming, but I just, I know that they will, like, HBO has approached them before, or someone from HBO has approached them before, or they, you know, they've done filming. For them. <laughs> So I think, and I think that that actually played into it when I when I asked them about recording because I think they were assuming, like you know, you know, if they get approached by like a network like HBO or even a smaller one, they're they're going to have you know budget to kind of throw around, um, and that makes it you know an easier decision I think for a church, but or for any film. But in this case, since we're working it's, and it's an off broadway production. Um, There's a lot of moving pieces, a lot of people, um, you know, and then you're raising a lot of them independently for different sponsors so it's like there's not there's not like big network money to throw around
0: right um, definitely not
1: when <laughs> i initially kind of came to them with the proposal they were like really that's all <laughs> but
0: oh uh, yeah what I mean. yeah what, what i was offering or what i could afford
1: <laughs> yeah and, I, and, and granted it's you know it, it came down to more than just than that because like i think a big part of it was that like you know, hey, everyone from the church band is, is involved in this project. Um, you know, it, it's, it's 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 more than just like, hey, here's someone, here's an opportunity for the church to um, to benefit. It was it was more like, um, you know, this is something that people who are who are very involved with the church, or at least very very involved with the music program at the church, are are also very involved in. So I think that made it a really easy decision, or made it a much easier decision. Right. It all it all worked out. We got their their blessing, literally and figuratively, um, and it <laughs> it worked out.
0: Right. And I and I've said it. I think I've said it before. But like, without you helping on the producing side and without Jackson helping on the music side, like if you two were not involved, we probably would not have an album. <laughs> oh. So like, you Thanks. two are wonderful, and I'm super 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 grateful that you were able to do that because. Uh, it really helped me.
1: No, it was, I mean, I had a lot of fun doing it. It was something that I, I like I said, I just, from, from the day I started playing at church, I'd wanted to record in there because the sound is it's really amazing. Um, and it's, you know, it's, the opportunity basically presented itself to record music that I was already familiar with, with, you know, friends of mine who I play with all the time, um, you know, at this place where I, I, I play once once a week. Least, you know, it's like, yeah, that's well, it's a pretty easy decision, you know.
0: Yeah, well, I appreciate it because, yeah, you uh, you guys and the whole band really uh, did a wonderful, wonderful job. So I couldn't yeah. be more happier with how it turned out.
1: No, I think everyone, everybody really, um, kind of showed up and, and then pulled their, did their part
0: right now how can people see you in the city you play the drums all across new york city what are your gigs coming up
1: um i mean the the, the regular stuff obviously there's the church that's every sunday at, at, at 10 a.m uh south bushwick reform church led by monica Chepkins. that's uh 855 bushwick ave but for the secular folks i guess um there's a couple jam sessions that i'll I'm a part that i'm i'm, I'm in the house band for um at Arrogant Swine Barbecue in Brooklyn. Um, every first Sunday of the month, and nine till about midnight or later. Uh, and then right now, every third Friday of the month, uh, also at Arrogant Swine, nine to about midnight. Um, so those are great, because it's like you get to listen to some of the house band music for a little while. Um, we, have some of, we invite a lot of our friends to come over and, and rotate in and, and play. Uh, and of course, if, if there's other musicians who we haven't met, or we don't know, who want to come in and, and and jam or play—it's a great opportunity to kind of come and you know, meet other musicians and just play uh, in a pretty low, low stakes uh, environment. Also, they got really great barbecue. Um, <laughs> yeah, if you like pulled pork, um, right. uh, I'd say the, the other band I've been pretty busy with recently is uh, Bad Business. So they're like—they specialize in—it's called yacht rock. So think like Steely Dan, Kenny Loggins, Michael McDonald, uh, the Doobie Brothers. They do. They do a lot of cover stuff, but they also have their own original material. They got some. They got a single coming out uh, pretty soon, Cadillac Villa, uh, which mm. I actually have in on on the record for.
0: And what's your Instagram? Uh, if you forgot anything, so what's your Insta handle? Because <laughs> you post you post all your gigs on Instagram. have people uh, I that.
1: Do. I do. Um, yeah, you can kind of keep up with all that stuff uh, on Instagram. It's just Max Azarmer. It's pretty simple. No one has that last name on yeah. Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> A Z A R M E H R. So come to our nope. 54
0: Below show. Tickets at Good New York You can also get them for 15 bucks at Today Ticks. Max, thanks for coming on.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.